Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. no one's demand but our own from our home office here in beautiful sunny scenic quarantine elizabeth park nashville tennessee it is indeed the 615 sessions podcast powered by two rivers ford brought to you as always by a to z sports and a to z sports nashville.com buck rising here with you drying out after a very very intense very, very uh, celebratory Labor Day weekend for a variety of different reasons. One, first and foremost, as we mentioned on the bonus podcast that appeared in your feeds on Sunday, congratulations for all your good fortune in landing Jadavion Clowney, the Tennessee Titans. It is signed, sealed, delivered the contract today, pen to paper, all of it done, everybody naked in the streets, everybody having a big time about the idea that the Tennessee Titans finally landed the big fish. We are going to break that down in great detail here with Brandon Thorne. He is a line of scrimmage specialist for Establish the Run. It's Evan Silva's great football site that he has started over the course of the last calendar year. Brandon's a familiar face around the podcast, and he will give you all of the clowny analysis that you could possibly want on how they are going to best utilize this man in the Tennessee Titans defense Then, as if that was not enough for you, we have a full roster cut down day edition. I was trying to think of the best way to describe it. Will Compton hung out with us for an hour, the last hour, in fact, leading up to the deadline, the 3 p.m. Central Time deadline that all NFL teams had to submit their 53-man roster. I got to tell Will live on the air that he did, in fact, make the roster. It was a great time had by all. We talked at length about how he found himself back here with the Titans, how things have gone since then, what exactly it is like to be a player who's on the bubble on roster cut day. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. It's a great podcast that we have to begin officially the NFL season week one. Everybody's fired up. We're fired up to have you here, and we're fired up to tell you about our friends that present this podcast each and every week, and that is Two Rivers Ford. Off Belinda Parkway in Mount Juliet, they've been in business almost 40 years here in Middle Tennessee. It's a brand and a name that you know because they do so much to help support the local community, to help support local sports teams, local business, and to support you as their potential customers or if you're a returning customer with a non-pressurized car buying experience. Their sales staff, non-commissioned, so that you do not feel like you are under the gun at all to be able to make the right decision on your next vehicle. Check them out at 2 Rivers Ford. 
Ford.com, powered by Ford, driven by people. Joining us now on the GetBeast.com Zoom line, Brandon Thorne makes his annual visit to the program. We appreciate our friend's time. Of course, you can find him at Establish the Run. He's a line, is, is line of scrimmage specialist the best way to describe you, Brandon? Yeah, I think so. Um, just focusing on offensive and defensive line. So, yeah, that's probably the, the best way to put it. He's got a badass podcast, uh, Trench Warfare, which uh, badass not only in content but in name as well. It makes me uh, it makes me it makes me feel like our podcast has been emasculated right out of the gate. But that's fine. We're happy to have Brandon <laughs> Thorne here with us on the pod. So let's let's go right to it. They signed Clowney on Saturday. This weekend has been wild down here in Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to talk about his history with Mike Vrabel, the best usages of Jadavion Clowney that we've seen. But, Brandon, what was your initial reaction when you saw that Jadavion had decided to take his talents to Tennessee? Just really excited. Uh, I, I just, I'm excited about his usage and how he's going to fit into this defense and what Mike Vrabel is going to do with him. You know, Vrabel coached him in Tennessee or excuse me, Houston when he was defensive coordinator. Uh, so, and I think really Clowney, I think that was 2017, 2016 uh, primarily is when I started watching him at least And those two years were you know, two of his best years. Uh, 2018, the year after Vrabel left, he pretty much stayed in the same role and again, had, you know, those were his three most productive years of his career. And I think the way that he was used was also the best fit for his skill set. So, um, and he fits really well in, into Tennessee's current roster, uh, you know, just in of itself, just because the way he plays kind of with that frenetic energy, um, he's very explosive and physical. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of the hallmark of, uh, you know, a Tennessee defense, uh, at least, you know, lately. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's a great fit. Yeah, I, I went back and pulled up some of your old tweets from 2017, uh, breaking down how they were using Clowney. Uh, it seems that that was the, uh, for lack of a better term, most effective or scariest iteration uh, of him based on what they were doing. You saw him line up at three technique. You saw him play a little inside linebacker. You saw him all over that defensive front how how can they how can they build upon what Mike Vrabel and Clowney have previously done? I guess kind of learning from what Seattle was or maybe was not doing with him over the course of last year. How much better can this pairing of Mike Vrabel and Jadavion Clowney be? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't crazy about the way that Seattle used him last year, more so as a as a traditional defensive end. Um, you know, rushing primarily off the edge and playing off the edge. Now he's, you know, he's very good setting the run on the edge. Um, he's, he's not the typical, uh, edge rusher that you would think of in terms of he's not a guy like, you know, Mac or Miller or, um, you know, Demarcus Lawrence even or anybody like that who you just kind of put at the defensive end spot and kind of leave him there pretty much, maybe switch sides here and there, but. Um, that's about all you really do with him. Um, he's not that refined of a pure pass rusher. Uh, he, he's a little bit, 
I think kind of awkward rushing off the edge. Um, he, he has some incredible plays and clips and stuff of him, you know, beating high level talent on, you know, as far as uh, tackles last year, what he did to Joe Staley, for instance, and then in the past against Whitworth, um, you know, one game comes to mind. Um, but for the most part, he's a guy that you want to move around as much as you can and kind of let him play to his instincts, you know, let him kind of pick a gap and go. Um, or design design that concept for him to do that. Uh, so he, you know, I think that Brable will certainly do that. That's the way he used him in Houston. And like you alluded to, playing, you know, I really like him in a creeper role. Uh, Baltimore uses a lot of creepers as well. So I, I think they're one of the teams interested in Clowney. He, I mean, that's what he does best is creep around the line of scrimmage. And what a creeper is is basically somebody who's standing up in a two point stance, who's moving around the line of scrimmage and just kind of making offensive lines and protections guess where he's going to come from. And I think that's when you really kind of maximize what he could do the best. So I expect him to play that role in Tennessee. Um, you know, there's enough enough depth there as well to where you could do that with Landry, Beasley, and him as kind of your primary edge guys. Uh, I think you could definitely do a lot with those guys. You even have Correa as well. Um so, you know, I mean, between those guys, I mean, I think that's a really strong group. And Clowney's kind of that joker, if you will, of the bunch where he could be rushing, you know, in the A-gap one rep. You know, the next down he could be, you know, the B-gap. Um, you know, I, I like him standing up, you know, a lot. And, uh, I mean, he can wreck wreck a game versus the run or the pass. Uh, but I, I really like him playing inside, you know, more more than anything, where he can get one-on-one matchups versus guards and centers. I think that's where he does the most damage. Be honest with me, Brandon. Brandon, how long have you been sitting on that clowny joker line? Like, be honest with me. <laughs> that just came to me, honestly. I, I've never even thought about this. Just that. absolute, absolute comedic genius here on the 615 Sessions podcast. Brandon Thorne breaking it all down for us. Uh, whose job becomes easiest now as a result of the clowny edition because this has been the thing that they've worked on or, or tried to work on over the past couple seasons since Vrabel got here they're looking to platoon pass rushers they're looking to be able to throw and and a lot of teams are doing this obviously I think since we saw Philadelphia do it most effectively a couple of years ago in that Super Bowl run teams have tried to institute this this uh, this platooning system with pass rushers whose job becomes most E- or more easier, uh, if that's even the correct grammatical phrasing, with the addition of clowning? I would, I mean, it's kind of a little bit of everybody because, like we said, he plays so many different positions right. and different alignments. But if I had to pick one, it'd probably be the interior pass rush, uh, just because I don't think there's a lot of that there on this defense, especially with losing Jarrell Casey. So I, I think that clowning is going to kind of fill that void a little bit. Um, now he's obviously a very, very different player than Casey, but he, he could do a lot of the same things. I think Casey, I think I said it last time we talked, I think he's one of the best, if not the best, interior pass rushers on stunts in particular, the way he's able to kind of knife through, uh, you know, as a penetrator on stunts and really free up loopers behind him to have creases and things like that. So he, kind of the point man on their their blitz packages and on their different different line games and twists that they want to run. I think Clowney is kind of that guy that can kind of set everybody else up um, just because he's able to get so much good penetration quickly. 
at the snap. And then with the un, you know, with the uncertainty of not knowing where he's coming from, that only just kind of adds something that maybe Casey didn't bring. Cause even though they move Casey around a lot, um, Clowney can move around before the snap, which is kind of that creeper role that we were talking about where, you know, he'll start off before the snap in one gap and then right before the snap, he'll move and go on to another gap. Um, so that, that kind of element adds a, a new wrinkle to, to what the defense likes to do. But I'd probably say the interior pass rush because I don't really see a lot of interior pass rush here on the roster. So um, I think Clowney can help fill that void while getting the best pass rushers on the field, you know, in, in third downs and obvious passing situations. You, you have so many options now. I mean, you can have Simmons, Landry, Clowney, and Beasley on the field at the same time if you want. Um, and you could do a lot of fun things with that. Yeah, so. it's going to be exciting to watch for sure. Uh, let's pivot there, though, because yeah. you talk about interior pass rush, and that's the the Clowney. People, at least the fan base, seems to be looking as at, at Clowney and Casey as a one-to-one. You know, we lost, we, we, we traded away one uh, as the Tennessee Titans. They went out and used that money that they saved with Denver taking the bulk of that contract to add Jadavion Clowney. But then the biggest issue or the biggest question mark becomes that interior pass rush that you uh, that you've mentioned. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, the expectations for him are sky high, fairly or unfairly here in Tennessee. What is your evaluation of him based on the smaller sample size that you saw over the course of his rookie season? Yeah, I mean I think when you watch him on tape, he's the his build his frame both those things just physically how he looks on tape and just his his body type is just very impressive he's very thick throughout his frame um so he's very kind of stocky looking um and he's just a very like muscular dude um and i think that's just kind of what the initial kind of observation that i had of him and then the best part about it obviously is how it translates into what i think is pretty much or very close to elite level play strength. Um, and to, to show that right away, like he did, uh, I thought was so impressive. I mean, the game that really stuck out to me was against Oakland uh, later in the year in December. Um, I mean, just the, the job he was doing against a guy like Richie Incognito, who I thought was, you know, it was either him or Quentin Nelson as the best left guard in football last year. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons was able to, to hold the point of attack against him and not get pushed back and even actually reset the line of scrimmage a little bit. Um, so to be able to do that against elite competition like that kind of, you know, I think that's, that's really when I knew that this guy, his play strength is special. Um, and he has some good power as well, as far as being able to push back the pocket and kind of collapse things on the quarterback Now, I didn't see a whole lot of refined pass rush moves, not that you would really expect it from a guy like him who's, you know, just kind of playing, you know, for the first time. So that's something that I want to see from him is actually if he's able to have a primary pass rush move and then once, you know, opponents and offensive linemen figure that out, if he's able to develop a secondary move, and that's when you can really get someone special on the interior like a Chris Jones or Fletcher Cox or, Obviously, Aaron Donald's kind of in his own category, but there's, you know, to to get to an elite level as an interior guy, I think you have to be able to have a primary and a secondary pass rush move, and then be able to string those moves together. So that's something that that's more kind of more advanced, but 
I think that's what he needs to reach an elite level. Because I think right now, as a run defender, he's already pretty much there. Uh, you know, the game against uh, San Diego, or not San Diego, but the Chargers last year, I mean, the way he was able to push centers back into the running back's lap uh, versus the run and stuff like that is really awesome to see. So I think versus the run, he's pretty much close to elite right now, very good at worst. And rushing the passer, he's all power right now. He needs to develop his hands a little bit. And I think that's when, you know, he can get, you know, really special. So all of these pieces collectively, you have Jeffrey Simmons, you have now Jadavion Clowney, Vic Beasley uh, up in the air, given that his his arrival here has been uh, somewhat, uh, I, I don't know how you would describe it, but unsatisfactory is probably the best way to put it so far with the fact that he just didn't participate in training camp, showed up 10 days late to work. But these are other issues that we will have more time to discuss at another, at another point. Vic Beasley, Clowney, Simmons, Daquan Jones, who has been one of the better nose tackles in football for a couple of years, it feels like. Rashawn Evans, Jayon Brown, Harold Landry. Where do you rank this defensive front seven uh, compared to the rest of their the rest of these units across the NFL? Well, I mean, front sevens. I, I mean, I definitely think they're in the top half of the league uh, as far as front sevens now, like pass rushing. They, they definitely are going to take a jump now with the addition of Clowney. Prior to Clowney being there, I had them as the 21st best pass rushing defensive line in the NFL, which is the ranking I do for establishing the run. Now with Clowney, I haven't updated it yet, but they're certainly going to make a jump. And I think that they're probably going to jump a tier because I've had them all in tiers as well. So I had them in the third tier, which is solid pass rushing defensive lines. And then 21st overall, I think I'm, at this point now, I'm probably going to bump them into the top 15. And now you're looking at like a top 15 pass rushing defensive line in the NFL. And then their front seven as a whole, I'd probably put, if anything, maybe a little bit higher than that. Um, you know, definitely not lower because I'm a huge fan of Rashawn Evans. Um, you know, so I, I really love his game. I think Jayon Brown is a really good coverage linebacker. So it's a nice mix that you have there. I love the linebacking crew on this defense uh, with those two in the middle and then Landry, Clowney, Beasley, um, you know, and then Correa. I mean, I know you just signed, signed Will Compton as well. I mean, man, I mean, you know, so the linebackers, I think, is the strength of this team, at least on the defensive side of the ball. So I think, like I said, pass rushing defensive line and front sevens, you're looking at a top 15 group here that you could do a lot of fun things with. I'm cracking up because you mentioned Will Compton. He's going to be a part of this podcast when it airs on Tuesday. We had a, you know, he he hung out with us for an hour on roster cut day to find out live if he was going to actually make the team or not. So I've spent a ton of time oh, cool. already on this podcast previously taped throwing shade at him. And so now I'm I'm almost agitated that you've mentioned him in your rankings uh, to to shine a light on Will Compton. Though we we kid, of course. Um, more exciting matchup for you to watch, and we'll we'll get to week one uh, here in just a second. I don't want to keep you too terribly long because I appreciate you doing this last second as always. Uh, better matchup for you on tape: Clowney versus the Broncos offensive line, or Casey versus the Titans. Mm. I, for me, it's Casey because of that revenge factor. You know, I think that that is going to make it pretty special. Um, and, you know, I think that he probably 
you know, especially that right guard spot, even though I like Nate Davis and I think that he improved, you know, pretty significantly as the year went on because early on it was pretty rough. Um, but I think that that matchup right there is a weakness for Tennessee that Jarrell Casey is going to be looking to exploit. And I think that he'll have a pretty good chance of doing that, uh, especially because that right side, you know, not having Jack Conklin there, there's some uncertainty there. There's going to be some newness there that's going to get worked out uh, over time. But, you know, Jarrell Casey over Nate Davis and Vaughn Miller over Dennis Kelly, that's going to be a problem, I think. Um, so uh, to me, I, I see I see a kind of more on Casey side, but either way, it's, you know, both of them are going to be fun, but I, I would be Casey because of those reasons. Week one matchups you're most excited to watch. It's finally here. I'm fired up. I know you're fired up. Collectively, the sports world seems to be just, I mean, just ready to drown themselves in football. Who is Brandon Thorne most excited to see uh, over the course of these these first NFL games? Oh, man. Uh, I was just doing some posts today on my Twitter account about this. Uh, I think Trent Williams versus Chandler Jones, uh, to me, is probably the most exciting individual matchup that we have uh, right now. I mean, obviously, Thursday night, Mahomes and Watson is going to be incredible. Uh, but, you know, more line of scrimmage focus to me, Trent Williams, Chandler Jones is going to be phenomenal. Zach Martin and Aaron Donald, I mean, you're not going to get anything better than that. Those are the two best guys in the, in the league at their position. And then after that, I mean, a lot of these rookies, I want to see what they do, like Tristan Wirfs. I mean, he's going to be going against Cameron Jordan. Uh, that's going to be a, a very tough test for him. Um, Akeem Hicks is going to go against Jonah Jackson, a rookie from Ohio State. That's going to be a very tough matchup. So I want to see how some of these rookie offensive linemen do. And then, of course, the elite on elite matchups in the trenches. I, you know, I love those as well. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I'm just happy to have it back in our lives. It feels like we've, you know, I know, I know things are still yeah. very much up in the air. But at this point, I, I've never been so happy to see a media release show up in my inbox this morning. Brandon Thorne, they are doing some really, really great stuff at Establish the Run over there with our buddy Evan Silva. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Brandon Thorne NFL. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Trench Warfare podcast wherever it is that you get your podcast. Buddy, I appreciate you doing this as always. Thank you for the excellent analysis and your time here today. Oh, anytime. Thank you for having me again. Back here, 615 Sessions podcast on the GetBeast.com Zoom line. I have been trying to get this person on the podcast for the better part of a week now. He thinks because he's got a job that he can flake on me for massages. Like he doesn't know where his bread's buttered or something like that. Will Compton, Titans linebacker, bussing with the boys. Rate, review, and subscribe five stars. Not bussing to the boys as Jayon Brown plugged on his zoom in the availability earlier in the week bussing with the boys that's the podcast Hi, buddy. yeah I, <laughs> I can't i can't believe he butchered that he came in he's like hey you know i told him uh busting busting to the boys or whatever and i was just like it was a terrible way to plug yeah he, we, gotta, uh, we gotta we gotta get him taught up we gotta get him coached up we gotta get him we gotta let him figure this thing out that's on you veteran in the room now congratulations oh, yeah. on the new gig by the way you haven't been on the pod since there's a lot moving around today. We're taping this in the middle of roster transaction day, which I, you yeah, know, I'm honestly are. surprised that you decided to do it like 
because we're taking, you know, for, for context, people aren't going to hear this till Tuesday, but we're about an hour right. to go until the deadline. And, uh, and you seem very at ease with the world. Yeah, I know. I've seen, I've seen my name uh, tweeted about a couple times by old Mike. Shout out to Mike. Oh, you know, he's, Mike he's out there. Yeah, he's out there putting a little evil on me out there, like throwing my name out, talking about the bubble, bubble guys, like two of these guys, or you might get cut. I don't know. I was just like, damn, Mike, don't be putting this bad juju out in the air right now. You know what I mean? Like, we, like you said, we still got an hour to go. I know. I've, t- I've been saying it on the radio. I've been saying it on the podcast. I've been saying it anywhere they'll put me in front of a microphone. I'm actively rooting for you to get a job so that you can f- up and that I can crush you at some point. <laughs> Just absolutely rip you. Dude, I can't wait for that moment to happen, man. <laughs> I can't wait for that moment to happen. So you're, you're back. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. I, and, you know, honestly, I was thinking about how we want to do this. We're kind of live producing uh, the podcast. Do you want me to tell you comes down the pipeline or you want to just wait until this thing rolls out because I can do it one way or I can do it another I don't know what you would prefer what do you mean get what do do you mean let it go down the I mean I'm getting pings on my phone every 30 seconds about transactions happening in the NFL so you're 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 saying if I get cut you want you to break it to me right here on the pod no I don't want to do I don't want to do that unless you want to do it listen I'm uh I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take it easy on you today. I'm asking you how you want to do things. <laughs> yeah, if we if we happen to learn that I get cut on this episode while this is recording, I don't know how we go about doing that. I was gonna say, what's I gonna think, happen? <laughs> I I think I think I think I'll just grab my phone and and point and just be like, hey, I gotta uh, I gotta go turn in the old iPad. I'll probably have a smile on my face, but just no deep inside burning. Something there's a fire growing somewhere. Uh, the phoenix from the ashes rising, yeah, rising to the occasion, yeah. baby, fired yeah. up. No, okay. So tell tell me about because we we had our Zoom availability with you. You were you were stereotypical athlete at the podium. Pretty you sure. just totally sandbagged me when I tried to ask you what I thought was a decent question. I yeah, I won't have any of that here. By the way, like I'm not going to put up with that. It's one thing with everybody else. It's a different thing right. here. Right, right. It's different. It's different, man. Because. I'm telling you, you go, you go a little, if I go too into, um, I guess the character quote unquote of bussing, you got other, you got other reporters right there that are ready to quote you or put any headline out there. And you know what I mean? You don't have control of any of that narrative. Oh, you want to name names? You want to take out the Titans media? (laughs) I'm just saying you got to be careful. You know, Paul's waiting for a slip up any minute, dude, because he, there's somebody that's going to root against something. I think it would be Paul in that group. No, um, you, th- you really, I like, so? I, I subtle, I subtly, no, I mean, I like, I like, I, I like Paul. I actually do. I like Paul a lot. Um, then you got Terry over here asking questions. If I'm washed up or not, am I still podcasting? I, you know, I, I hear, I, I notice everything. You just got to be careful because brave, brave's always watching, man. He's always uh, lurking from afar and um, you know, you don't want you don't want any of that persona or the whole bussing thing or any of that to get in the way of what's happening. Um, so you just try to keep a PG, keep a PC professional. Um, so, yeah. And I thought your question wasn't even that great. I was a little disappointed myself, to be honest. You know, it's to be, to be completely, uh, okay, so I'll be transparent. You want the athlete side of thing we got, Will? You want the, you want the media side of thing? I'm here. We'll, we'll talk through the we'll talk through the live Zoom calls. Yeah, uh, you could say you're disappointed in me. I can say the same thing to you, man. It's almost no, like it's almost like you could just make a comp, man. 
seriously, my how stoked are you to actually like forget uh, whoever's first question asking me that? Like, what? How do you really feel about walking in that locker room? I know you had that million dollar smile on your face. You know, walk us through the scenario. Who are the first couple people you saw? Were you touch? You know, rubbing elbows. You could have came like that, and I would have known. You would have had my guard down, and I would have been able to answer the question. Listen to me very closely. We'll get to your blue steel photo shoot out on the practice field here in a second. There's articles being written about that smile. Don't don't. Th- I hear everything too. Vrabel's out there. Hey. I'm out here. <laughs> hey, just know there's, if there's an article about my smile and blue steel look, you know it's getting retweeted. Such crap. Just absolute, just nothing but retweeting compliments. Will come. That, that, was, a, that was a nice article. <laughs> Shout out Austin Huff of the Tighten Up <laughs> yeah, Podcast here yeah. on the ABC Sports Network. All right. You're right. I was disappointed in myself with your question. This happens to me a lot, okay? Because Robbie will send, send out the email. Robbie Boren, Titans PR. Shout out. And he'll tell us who we're going to talk to that day. We're going to tell, you know, what time they're coming. So at least we have a day in advance to prepare for this stuff. And a lot of times I get caught up in everything else that's going on. And I forget to check who the players are that we're talking to that day. This is a terrible admission by me. Now, I'm willing to admit this because I'm honest. The rest of these slaps, they'll tell you that they read everything. They see everything. They're liars. I forgot that we were going to talk to you that day. And so I was like, well, you, well, I got to ask you him your, a question. <laughs> yeah, you, you in your mind, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you don't have to take it super serious because, you, you know, we, we talk. Like, I'm on the pod now. Like, it, this is better anyway. Well, you know. I'm in, I'm in a room separated. Like, the way they got it set up is they got the, the things drop, the drop behind you. You're right next to the locker room. Like, you know. You're, you're sitting there, you got 45 minutes of practice, you got a pre-practice routine, and you're like, and Puff comes in, hey, can you do media, blah, 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 and it's like, takes, you know, it'll take 10 minutes, so you're thinking in your mind, like, okay, I can't sit here and be my talkative self, because I got to get out of this thing so I can get ready for practice. Yeah, you know, all of these things are done intentionally to keep you guys from being any kind of interesting on the Zoom calls. Like, they're really good at their job. Like, it's really good job yeah. out of them. It's, shout out yeah, Mike Vrabel for uh, moving media stuff before practice. Anyway, shout out Vrabel, dude. Shout out Vrabel. No, he's – like, he is He is to his core for the boys. Like, it's funny because, uh, you know, we, we – and I don't want to get into too much talking about Vrabel because I think it's it's a different dynamic right now. You You're on the team. I'm now have to cover you. And so I'm not, you know, we're going to try and be smart with the way that I don't put you in a position to blast your boss or something like that. But, uh, (laughs) but he's, he's so, he's so willing to get out in front for you guys with us in a way that's noticeable and in a way that we're actively trying to like fight. But even when, even when like jokingly, like even when Paul or me or somebody wants to get a ribbon about you, like Shane saying he's pleasantly surprised, and how good you're moving out there. And Paul trying to turn it into a rib with Vrabel, like trying to get something out of Mike. Like Mike, even then, super serious head football coach, and then he blasts Pat, Paul on the back end. I love it, dude. He really is, man. I, you know, it's funny because we were doing the family feud stuff for like Barstool yeah. when we were in quarantine and stuff. And we were on the – you know, I recruited him to the squad. And you just – it's just funny how everything works. Like we're texting about – you know, ribeyes and where I, you know, where I get a ribeye from and he, you know, getting him a box since he's been on the podcast, the whole bust of the boys thing. And then guys are getting their boxes as I am about to work out for them. Um, it's just There's my box, how, by the way, I have to go to training you, camp. Hey, hey, you gotta, get be, a box? you gotta be, you gotta be, you know, you gotta be in a locker room book and in a locker room playing for a team. That's, yeah. 
That's just, I don't even get to do that the, uh, in 2020. <laughs> yeah, you don't even get to be in the locker room in 2020. But uh, the, he really is. He's, he's so for the boys. He, I think he wants to co-host. I think he wants to be a full-time co-host, honestly, deep down. If you see his son, Tyler, is now um, hosting a podcast, podcast between two tackles. Uh, Jen, um, Tyler's mom, Vrabel's wife, she's tweeting, you know, like the boys – you know, we're subtly shouting at the boys like Vrabe, Vrabe he wants to – he, he's one of the boys for life. That's, there's no question about it. Then when he does come up with a jab on you, you kind of don't know if it's a – like if it's a joke, it's something, something serious because you don't know what hat he's got on at the moment. Yeah, no, he's like all like football people. Like all football people are insane. It's uh, – it's, we were talking yeah, to Jay on. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, we were talking to Jay on, and like I remember, I remember Mike being like pretty – pretty focused on Jayon went in his first year and they, I'm pretty sure that was your first year here too uh yeah Mike's first year he was very much on Jayon head, head coach and like we were asking Jayon about Mike focusing on him and like how that relationship has kind of grown and how they work together now and he's like well you just you can't you can't take everything that he says seriously or take it to heart like it's just it's all coaching yeah. points but he'll, yeah. he'll get you <laughs> Hey, there's no question, man. Nobody's safe when you're around Brave, dude. Okay, so he wanted to work you out. You talked a little bit about this with us on the Zoom. Kind of set the scene for the audience with how how they came to contact you, how that all went, and how you ended up back on the squad. So um, I had gotten – so leading up to that moment, I uh, the Browns had called the week before asking for a tryout, and we declined. You know, we were kind of, again, waiting till the end of camp. And then the process of traveling to go just for a workout, and you're not going to understand if you get signed or not. It's a lengthy process. Like, you know, fortunately for me, when the Titans called, I'm just driving down the road to get a COVID test. Guys are in their hotels and stuff for a week at a time, figuring out if they're going to make a team or not, because you got to do a COVID test on day one, COVID test on day two. Um, then you get to, you do a COVID test and work out on day three. You might not know what's going on. You might get signed on day four. Like you're, you're in a spot. It's not where you fly in and out and you'll know right off the bat, if you're going to make a team, like you're just sitting in a boring hotel room, all those guys, um, for the most part. And so, um, I was laying, um, my fiance, Charles and I, we were laying in bed the night before and kind of talking about how things might shake up. And we were talking about, you know, what do you, what do we think I might do? Like, do we start, you know, looking at the, do we start getting back in conversations with the Raiders because the Raiders had had an offer on the table for me since June. And, um, you know, they had just released Bryce Hager, I believe, who, um, who was an inside backer there. So, and I had stayed in touch with coach Gruden and all them. And you're just kind of like, Hey, this could be like, you know, we got to get ready to go and move and plan our whole double life thing with me in Vegas and then being back in Nashville, blah, blah, blah. I kind of just like, dang, Hey, it's winding down. Like August is, is getting over with. And she's like, you know, how do you think the Titans, you think the Titans would ever say anything? And I, I was just, I remember telling her, like, I don't know, like you just never know because if you look at you know, the roster and stuff like that, like they, you know, they could have a need there. I don't know where I would be on their radar, on their short list. If like, you know, they have a set list of backers, yada, yada, yada. And um, so we go to bed the next morning, wake up, she's out hiking. And I get a text around 930 from old Vrabe. 
and I'd see his name. I'm like, oh, what's you know, what's he gonna say? Well, let's see about to bust my balls about it. So I feel like I would get nervous close. every time, like every time that would well, happen. Like there would be like a little bit of like fear. Like I don't know. Well, with Ray, like uh, like our I guess relationship is just our dynamic has been a little different since I haven't been on the team. He does all the boy stuff with us. Um, like again, like the family feud, anything Barstool where we need a team and round up. Like I have a few guys that I go to. Ray's one of them. Um, and then, like, you know, when I was on the Raiders, he sent me a picture of, like, zoomed-up photos of me and my teeth, like, under a helmet. <laughs> and it'll be, like, beautiful teeth and stuff. Like, just stuff that's, like, we we just weirdly sure. kept in touch. So I see his number, and I see – and I, you know, my eyes get a little big. Like, man – like, I'm thinking in my mind, I hope this is, like, a, you know, a text about potentially playing. Or it could just be a joke about a box, about one of the For the Boys box, whatever. Open it up. It says, are you in shape? And I was like, oh, shit, this is going down. And um, I was stoked, man. And I just put uh, – he said, are you in shape or have you been eating too many ribeyes? Because, you know, every weekend I post, a like, a steak and cigar photo. At underscore and, uh, and we'll give him a plug. Yeah. Yeah, at underscore. Go ahead. Go, go give the boy a follow. But um, <laughs> I put uh, – Influencer. Yeah. I put uh, laugh out loud. Yes, I'm in shape. <laughs> and then he goes, then he goes like football shape, another question mark. And I was like, uh, I said, uh, man, I, I just put, I, man, I wouldn't tell you I'm in shape and risk looking stupid in front of you with that clicker in your hand in team meetings. And I said, I would need a couple of days to run around on pads because football shape's just, a, you know, it's just sure. different. You think you're in great shape, blah, blah, blah. And then you put on pads for practice, training camp for the first time. You're like, son of a bitch, dude. it doesn't matter how hard you train. But anyway, um, he said, okay, sounds good. My agent calls me in a few minutes. And he says, hey, the Tides will work you out on Wednesday. And I'm just, you know, suddenly grinning ear to ear and just like, you know, fist because I'm like, uh, you know, I tell him, I'm like, yeah, we want for sure doing this workout because I'm here. I'm in town. He's like, all right. And then um, John shoots me a text and says, uh, if you can get a few minutes away from the bus on Wednesday, we'd like to have you in for a workout. And uh, I just put lap out loud, I'll be ready. And so then Monday happened. That was on Sunday fiance comes home I tell her we're stoked obviously and I'm we both just immediately temper it down we're like hey we have no clue how this is gonna how this can shape up still don't sitting here midday was a Saturday I know this is kind of fun we should do that this is right 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 right, right. I I thought about texting Levin and be like hey why don't we just make a thing out of it but I didn't want to I didn't want to you know he's (laughs) he's uh go ahead you can you can tweet if you want but hey we you know I'm casually just talking a little right now as we start winding down this roster but I, you know, we tempered down because you're like, you never know what's going to happen. And my initial thought was, all right, I'm going to crush this workout. And then, um, you know, hopefully what you, what I'm thinking is that the Titans would have an offer on the table for you. But then you suddenly get a little nervous because you don't know what the Raiders are going to do because the Raiders have been interested the whole time. And they're kind of like, you know, I guess, allowing me to not do training camp, I guess. Um, and so you test Monday, you test Tuesday. Um, you know, it, it word got out that I was trying out and stuff and, you know, everybody's excited. I'm trying my best not to look at too much stuff. Cause you know, I'm trying to like focus in and be professional about it. I just can't believe you they, break your own news. Like you're, you're I, dude, I, you such know, a bad I, job out of you. It, it's tough. It, you know, I would like, cause I did when I was on the Raiders last year for sure. But I think it's, it was the dynamic that I don't necessarily know anybody at this team at the Raiders team. And I can kind of like, Hey, it is what it is. Yeah. And at this, it, with this organization, I know like everybody. So there's a part of you that's not wanting to 
act this whole character that's been that you know that not that I put on an act, no, I but, you know, that. you don't, you don't want to sit here and be like the class clown and continuing to kind of, you know, put all your business out there. And then they got to worry about, Hey, do you know, do, are we going to have to worry about potentially will kind of still do, you know, just being will. Sure. And, um, so, you know, that's why I wasn't fully like breaking my news or like, tw- you know, tweeting oh, throughout the thing, because you, you just, you just know they're watching, I guess. Like I, I know Ray watches my social media like you just don't you're, you're just you're you're not trying to do anything that to disrupt what could potentially happen no there is nothing um, because, worse to football people than distractions my god right exactly god. exactly and they and they, they're obviously trusting the fact that they're you know hey let's let's see what will's up to and um so you know wednesday happened we work out uh had a great workout you know, go to immediately, like my workout lasted like a, you know, a few minutes. Then we go, uh, to get a physical. Um, and then that's when everything pretty much started. And then it was like negotiating basically over signing bonus, roster bonus, this and that, like small stuff that was so petty, uh, monotonous at the time because it's dragged out over hours and it was just coming down to the Raiders and Titans and basically deciding, you know, which, which spot I wanted to be at and, you know, um yeah that's how it worked out dude all right so you get the deal uh done you get a position where you don't have to travel you get to hang out at home like you get to hang out uh and be close to home base like that's got to be so huge especially after what that Oakland experience must have been like uh to have to kind of pick up everything on the fly and head out in the middle of it so you get all this done you waltz into the Titans locker room where we're not allowed to be anymore so I have no frame of reference that, what what the hell does that look like? Like, because this is the most this is the most over celebrated signing in the history of signings. Oh, such! Oh. I mean, my God, you would have thought. You, listen, you're a bigger crazy? deal at this point at this point than Jadavion Clowney. Like, I'm sitting here, I can't. I, I'm tied to my desk like a like a like an indentured servant for A to Z Sports, trying to figure out where the hell this man is. You're the bigger signing. You blow up the internet. What's the locker room look like? Oh man, dude, we were, you know, we're jacked, dude. Um, <laughs> you know, when I first, when I was trying, you know, when I was going through the tryout process or, and I got the text from Rabel and I knew I was going to work out, I just shoot the eyes. I shoot the eye emoji to Taylor. And then I said, call, I said, call me, call me ASAP. Um, he calls me. I answer. He goes, um, John Robinson calls you, says he has a contract for you. You're on your way to the Titans facility right now to sign it. And he's, like, joking. Like, in his mind the entire time, he's like, you know, there's no way, like, we'll ever get to play. No, he's the worst. Blah, 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 blah. He's the worst. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I go, no, but close. Um, Titans called. I'm working out Wednesday. And he's like, you're fucking kidding me, dude. Yeah. Or you're fucking kidding me. I don't know why I believe myself. It's fine. There. Yeah, no, you, listen, it's and, you're, uh, you're already you're already molded in the cliche athlete. Like I'm, I'm no, trying no. my best not Shut to the fuck you the up, Buck. No, you're there doing you go. Hey, there you go. There you go. See how much better than it. Do you feel better? It feels good. It does. It felt really good. It felt really good. <laughs> and, and 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 Taylor's like, uh Taylor's like, you're, you're fucking kidding me. And I was like, no, dude. And he was like, uh he goes, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to feel right now. He's like, you know, I'm stoked. Do I need to go? And I'm like, you know, obviously we need to work out, blah, blah, blah. But when I sign and it happens, um, dude, I was, I was, I was jacked, man. I mean, you can imagine it's like, 
you go through 18, it's just like you have nostalgia. You have like ties to Nashville because of Bussin, you know, the boys, like uh, Taylor, like teammates, everybody I still know there, like Rayball, this stuff. So you have this place of nostalgia in your head that always seems to be like, you know, those kind of days and memories are usually behind you. So everything feels that much better. Like, man, you know, you wish you would have this and that more, like you could be playing together, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, you just never thought that this situation can happen. So it's like walking back into nostalgia. You know what I mean? Like getting to go back to, I guess, high school for a year, or college for a year. Like you get to go back into a locker room that has a lot of the same guys. You have a lot of the same relationships. You know, in OTAs, Vrabe had Taylor and I as busting with the boys and Frank Caliendo on to basically entertain the team, the 90 man roster. Like he just wanted us to be like our bust with the boys crew, you know, and we're face, you know, we're on the phone with Frank and lining stuff up. Um, and then, so everybody's kind of aware of me coming in and the coaches are, some coaches are still there. My D coordinator from the Redskins or the Washington football team, uh, coach Jim Hazlitt, he was my coordinator my first two years on the, at Washington. So he was the first guy to kind of take a shot on me find me give me reps like hey we're gonna go with him you felt good um so oh yeah knowing he was in the linebacker room um it was just it, it was just amazing dude like it's you know I'm, I'm stoked i mean i'm not gonna stop smiling all year long i guess unless we just blow this whole opportunity because the another thing you're coming into is you're on a, a contender that can make a run at the super bowl so it's like all of these things i'm here in nashville i don't gotta rent another house like Dude, life is fucking good, bro. Yeah, like, no, I'm fired it's up. Tough. It's tough. That's what I'm saying. It's like tough to beat this life. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm just stoked. I walk in, you just see everybody. You're saying all the old sayings. You're dapping everybody up. You feel good. You Raves chirping you and fucking trashing you uh, in meetings again. It's just like, dude, it, it's, it, you know, it's awesome. And I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to battle with the boys. I was about to say, look at you. Look at you. (laughs) Uh, That's what I'm saying. I'm ready to go. Man, that's uh, that's got a that's that's an incredible. It's just an incredible way that things come full circle that way. Like, and I, you know, and it it did have to work out. And there's obvious reasons. Like, you know, because people people look at the NFL and they, especially with the way that fantasy is kind of like commoditized, you guys, I don't even know if that's a word, but like turns you into just merely transactions. And today is like, today is a tough day. Like today is a shitty day for a lot of people, but all of the, you know, I just think it's a pretty unique uh, opportunity, man. I'm getting texts that are making me very, not that you should be nervous about, but like, I'm, 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 I'm thumb on the trigger over here. There's some stuff moving around. This is exciting. Is there, what do we got? Well, what do you want to know? Fuck, I don't know, bud. Just tell me whatever. That's <laughs> why I'm sorry. I, got hey, I could just be like, hey, whose life is better? And you'd be like, hey, listen, here's what I'm hearing. No, your life, yeah, listen, you your life, your life go. remains good for the next uh, 29 minutes as we tape this podcast right. before the transactions I know, come right? down. Uh, I know, but like, you're, you're right, though. Good things um, for your team, yeah. though. Good things for your team. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. You, 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 I mean, you are right, though. It's like, the worst part about this league and this business is the day and you're like, you seem like you're in a fine mood, blah, blah. Cause at the end of the day, like it's all such a business that the, the toughest part as a player is when you realize that you are just a commodity in this league and it's a hard pill to swallow because literally all of us are, it doesn't how it doesn't matter how many personal ties 
and how much you talk about nostalgia this or he'd be great because of x y and z like an opportunity has to line up and then if it works out if it works out if it doesn't it's not like any of this love i'm talking about is lost it's just like it's a show that must go on at all times and when you realize you're a commodity which a lot of guys just it's tough man like i've been cut before when i went back to uh, the practice squad and you just you know you just realize the bitterness the teeth of the business it just it is what it is and it takes what it takes and um you know it's just you know it's insane dude but it gives i mean it gives you know it's it's give and take and all that because we're obviously it excited is. roster transaction day like cut day might be which i don't know if this is going to sound up for me to say because so many people are like losing jobs and stuff like that but like this is one of my favorite days of the year like this makes me feel the most normal that i've felt in six months since football went away no, what do you mean? This is like, this is the information rush. Like, stick it right into my neck. I want to know I, no, John Watson got you. the four million, uh, or the four-year, uh, $39 million a year contract today. Like, I'm sitting there sticking that into my veins at every opportunity. This makes me yeah. feel like sports are back. No, I feel you, dude. I, I completely understand that. And, uh, you know, it's like anybody. Like if somebody called you up right now, whoever's your superior, whoever's above you, and just say, hey, you're done with A to Z. And you don't really have too much, you know, it's nothing you did, nothing you didn't do. Everything's kind of left in a gray area to where you're, you don't really have insanely honest feedback. Um, and you, after that moment, like it's like, hey, turn in your equipment. You got to put in all your A to Z equipment. And then after that, and you shake hands and it's all kind of like, you know, you say your goodbyes to Zach or whoever, whoever your boys are in your world. And, and then after that, you walk out of the room, the building, and then you either go back to your hotel or wherever you were staying, and you basically got to figure out what your next step is. Like, do I wait around for another week to see if A to Z is going to call me back to just, you know, hopefully something went wrong or what went wrong? Like, you might be able to text your boss or figure out some drama, so figure out gossip behind the scenes and figure out why you were. But a lot of these guys, they don't get any of that feedback. And then you're set to – you don't know a waiver wire. The next next moment, you could be on a flight out to New York. You could not get a flight. It could be, I guess I'll go back home in, you know, small town USA or wherever I'm from. And then you just go, should I continue to train? Like, you're just in such a haze, dude. And just imagine, like, you would be cut and say some guys who are done after this point, you're not welcome back into the radio industry. Like, you're just – you're not welcome back in it at all. No, you're and done. That's the, you're a hack. That's the, you yeah, can't have the microphone yeah, like. Yeah, or anybody at their job. Just say whatever industry you're in, you're out of it, and you're just out of it. Regardless if you feel like you're, you have some expertise and experience in it and some, some tools and ability to, you know, to add value in it. Like, there's no interviewing for a job like this anymore. Hey, your degree doesn't matter because this industry is moving on sure. without you. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's just – that's the perspective. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. Just think if you just got – Boom, your swipe. Hey, whatever you work for, hey, you can't come back in this industry. Not with that competitor, or that team, or this, that business or company. You got to go find something else to do. Like, it's it's a tough, it's a tough day, man. And, uh, you know, it's it's the nastiness of this business. That's why when you have moments and opportunities that, like, I've been very fortunate to have, like, to say, to have, potentially have the ability to play for the Titans this year. It's just like, you just, you just, you know, you enjoy those moments because you realize, like, this shit doesn't last forever. So the fact that you get a potential opportunity with the team that you had a great relationship with, like, you're going to get the most out of it because it's like, fellas, like, 
just like that, we can, we're all going to be gone at some point. The fact that I get to come back in the locker room and say the same old stuff and we get to act ourselves and stuff around each other like we did a couple of years ago, it's like, you got to realize this is not, this doesn't happen. And I got to, if I get another year with the Titans, it's like, hey, enjoy this one year. Yeah. I just, I don't know how I would feel about that. And I'm not, you know, I don't want to speak for anybody else's perspective, but like, I have no idea what that feels like. I have no earthly, right. I've, I've never been, uh, you know, I've never been cut from anything, even when I thought something was going to like fall out on me. Like there's always some kind of, some kind of, uh, what do you want to call it? Safety net for me to fall. Yeah. Do you know what, I, what would I do if somebody took, like if I got cut, I have no other discernible skills. Like I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and that, yeah. And that's what I'm like, like, like in our world, like you say, Bussin was owned by somebody or say like say Barstool's like hey we're not going to partner with Bussin anymore like we could take it and continue to do so like if you got fired you could still use your face and voice and be like oh, I'm going to figure out my pivot here oh, you, think my fa- you think this is usable you like what you see hey I you know <laughs> right <laughs> hey but but I'm, I'm telling you like there is no know that when your time's up in this league like your time's up like if it worked that way in that world like could you imagine, like, no, Buck, you can't get in front of the camera and talk anymore and speak to the world or break any news. And then whenever you get cut, you're on some some ticker about it, and everybody and anybody is, you know, mentioning you whether it's a good idea or a bad idea, and you got to read about it, and there's just no coming back from it. There's well, it's you not like you, and it's not like you could just turn off your phone. Like, that's what – like, I honestly right. – like, I watch, I watch stuff like Paul George. I don't know how much of this bubble basketball you're watching, if any. I know you got a lot of shit going on right now. But, like, I watch, uh, I watch Paul George just get absolutely murdered on social media for the way that he kind of, like, chokes in the playoffs or something like that. And even when there's no fans in the arena or something, he goes, he goes out, and I, in that playoff game, I can't remember what his line was, but he had, like, 35 points in 25 minutes. He was just an absolute stud. Like, you guys, you guys in your industry, I believe you all, professional athletes just in general, NBA, NFL, MLB, whatever the hell, you are the most confident people about what it is that you do of anywhere in the world. My, my industry is riddled with people who have the, the security level of 12-year-old girls. Like, I am riddled yeah, with right. security on a regular basis. <laughs> on a regular basis. Anybody in front of a microphone who tells you you're not, uh, that they're not, they're just they're lying to you. You guys, though. Oh, there's no question. Oh, with, without – no, 100%. You guys, though, like I'm always fascinated by that by that mentality stuff, um, and and I know you like you you listen to people like Joe Rogan and 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 like motivational right. people who I know you've had on Bustin' with the Boys and all that kind of stuff. Like I'm fascinated by that mindset one because I can't ad- identify with it at all. Like I'm just constantly you know living in fear of when the next time somebody's going to take my microphone away. Like this thing is like a pacifier for me. This is my life. You know, this is how I have to exist. You guys, though, it's a whole different world. It it is, man, and it's like, you know, it's uh, and there's no real development, like true educational, like development for it. It's like it's something that you kind of just have to go through and learn to deal with because, like, it's like a saying I, I I try to say all the time. I try to remind myself if somebody's going through it hard, you know. You have the you have a conversation with them. You you listen to venting you all that stuff, and then you end up you got to buy into the quote that 
Um, no one is coming to save you. So you better figure that shit out on your own because no one is coming to help you with this. If you have like problems when you read stuff about yourself, like when you're going through that psyche, it's like, hey, no one's coming to actually save you or help you out. Like you got to deal with that with that mentality and learning that from having to learn that at like a young age when you're at like Nebraska and you're learning about like message boards and Twitter's coming out and you're seeing all this slander about yourself and you feel low key, you feel shitty. And um, so, you know, athletes are very confident, but you'd also be surprised. I don't think you would be surprised. I think you're, you're kind of just saying that, but there's a lot of insecurity out there. I think that's why you see guys chirp back and fight back and bite back all the time. And you can kind of see, you know, see that happen because at the end of the day, everybody's human. You know what I mean? Like no one wants to read bad shit about themselves. Um, you know, especially at something they do and work extremely hard for and have a lot of sweat equity and a lot of time put into wanting to be great at something. And then to, to be talked about, like, you, you know, you're just garbage or you're, you're trying to mess up. Um, it's a shot to the ego for anybody. You know, when, when it comes to talking and having opinions and then somebody shits on your opinion, if it's on a podcast or on a hot take or something like that, like, yeah, the media people bite back a little quicker because it's like, you know, that's what they're doing all the time is talking and trying to have takes. Then when it gets shit on, they need to defend it because they're in the world of trying to can constantly have an opinion and have takes. It's my entire life. You're it's, right. Right, it's right. So, it's, it's not so that, needlessly it's not aggressive. It's Right. It's not that you're insecure. I think it just comes, it, it gets down to, it's like, how serious are you going to take it? Like you can see when somebody's extremely sensitive at, because at the end of the day, like, dude, no one gives a shit. We're all going to go to bed tonight. You know, it's all going to be, it's all going to be, it's all going to pass at some point. Uh, but yeah, the mentality with everything is uh, something that I've always been very fascinated with as well, because I can catch myself. I can catch myself in every area of it, whether I'm confident, whether I'm insecure, whether I'm all these different things. And uh, it's just about catching yourself when you're going down a hole. Speaking of catching yourself, you want news or no? Yeah. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you this. I was sitting there in my head. I said, yeah. Or I was like, yeah, give me the news. And I'm sitting there in my head. I'm like, okay. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, I don't think he'd say Wouldn't it. I? I was actually getting cut. You, I don't think you'd say it in that way to where you kind of had a little smirk to where you're trying to build up a little. When you just said <laughs> cut day's your favorite day, you are right. I think you got a little psychotic in you, dude. Congratulations. I would love it. I, I would love it. I appreciate that, dude. Hey, the boys are fucking back. We just got to get winning. You know, we all get excited. We all talk about all this stuff. And, um. You know, but it won't matter if we don't if we don't fucking win. And uh, you know, I think the this boys, is a very level-headed approach by you. This is very. I'm just saying. You, 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 you. No, I know. You Listen, know nobody you cares. Know nobody the, cares. You know in the, that's the case, especially this year. Like honestly, I think a team. I think a team without. You know, and it's it's funny because we all we all at least. You know, I want to cover an exciting team. Fans want to root for an exciting team. Like we uh, whether whether or not. We admit as objective media members that we don't have a rooting interest in the success of the team. Business is better if the Tennessee Titans are winning. Like, I'll tell you that flat out. Yeah. That's, there's with, without question. And it's better, you know, it's easier to talk to the players. It's easier to stay engaged with the 16-game uh, season and, and, you know, however farther it goes along that. But I almost think that it's better to, like, exist without those kind of expectations. Because, man, people, th people think – 
but you guys are going to do some stuff this year. And as we sit here, by the way, a source close to Jadavion Clowney says he's mulling offers from Titans and Saints since Friday and Ravens a wild card. I had to add that for the audience. You doing any recruiting lately? You doing any fishing out there on the Twitterverse? You, know you know I've been on Twitter, man. By the way, how cheap are you? What? How cheap are you that that's the offer that you come to the table to try and recruit Jadavion Clowney? Listen, I can't be reaching. You know what I mean? You got to anchor in. It's all part of the negotiation. You got to have a little fluff to it. And also, you got you to gotta, you gotta dig in when it's time to dig in. I have a budget that I go by. And that's, that's what I could afford. That was my cap space. That you, you know specific – the, the cap space is a myth. Cap space doesn't matter. Otherwise, the Saints wouldn't be anywhere close to Jadavion Clowney. This is all fun. This is all Monopoly <laughs> money. This is crap. No, just the fact that you specifically stated 16 ounces. Like, that made me just well, feel something deep down. <laughs> 16 ounces is a big deal. Let me tell you why. Number one, it's more – you're talking about an ice latte here. It, number, it's more than an eight. Eight, obviously, is just a hot cup of coffee anyway. But it's more than a 12-ounce. You get a 12-ounce, there's too much ice in it, you're not getting a whole lot. You're not getting a lot of bang for your buck. You go up to a 24-ounce at some of these places, do. Um, you're getting waters of too much espresso, too many shots being put in there and too much milk, like just way too much of anything really. So you don't know. So anybody that gets you a 24, you gotta, they're suspect. 16 is the perfect style is the perfect size. That's why I said 16 ounce and anybody worth their salt in the coffee game understands that that 16 ounce was a big, was a big play. I just, I just, I could not have been more impressed with your attempts to try and get what could be a, a deciding factor in the Super Bowl odds. Like, how bad do you really want to win if that's what you're coming to the table with? Like, that, I, now, I question, now I question your drive. This is, this is the first time that I've had the opportunity to criticize you as a member of the Tennessee Titans. Now it begins. Welcome to the team. Yeah, well, you got to trust your team. I know my role. You know what I mean? I'm trying to play my role, and I'm trying to play well. You got, you got John in the organization playing the big boy role. How bad do we want to win? You know what I'm saying? And then if you if you really want to play the how bad do you want to win, you got Taylor tweeting. Taylor's got some deep pockets. You got a lot of different factors. I'm just trying to play my role. In a bus invite, you can't sleep on a bus invite. That's a, that's a nice no, perk. No, Especially if the boys are winning. If the boys are winning. Like you said, business is always better when when the boys are winning. No, I know everybody wants to be on the bus. You keep you keep uh, stealing my guests that I have on this podcast, and then create. You know, it's a whole different it's a whole different game now that you're trying to compete with my industry. I can't help that we sit on our Zoom calls and during quarantine. Ryan Hurd was on Brad Kern. The, when we get on your pod, and what's being said to me is, "Why haven't I been on yet?" Brett's saying that I haven't been invited. Ryan's like, "I'm an avid listener. Would love to get on the bus." Like. I can't help that. It's not like I'm stalking them. I get on, we're on your podcast and we're talking about mine. I can't help that that's what it goes to. You know what I'm saying? It's so disrespectful. Like I'm, not steal, I'm not stealing them. No, no, no. I know. People are, people are blatantly. You're part of the squad too. Yeah, get the hell out of here. People are blatantly disrespecting me on my own podcast, actively lobbying to be on yours when you're on. It's just, uh, it's, this is, again, insecurity. This is the media world. <laughs> Do you do you, do you think do you think we're landing Clowney? I I Did think you wait so. Wait on somebody and shoot you a text or no, something. No, I got a text. I got a text while we were taping this that said, "Here, I'll pull it up. I won't say who it's from." Um, yeah, you might as well go ahead and say some details outside of the name, just because it's like it's going to come out Tuesday, so it's all going to be figured out. All I will say is uh, I have a text that says the clown has to be coming down the pipe. 
That's all it says. That's the most recent information that I've been able to get. This man has had me not sleeping the past two nights because who the hell fires their agent six hours before the transaction deadline? Like, I'm so angry about all of this. I know you're not going to criticize any player. You're not going to criticize. You're going to do the stereotypical athlete thing. Everybody's buddy-buddy, all that crap. Uh, I hate him. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I hate him right like, now. Yeah, for the boys. I know. I'm for the boys, bud. Oh, I don't really hate him. I'm just I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. I just Anything that makes it harder for the media, I'm all for. I'm all you about. You would have We should have a day to where athletes athletes get to put you guys on like some wire or some stage and we just get to trash the shit out of all of you guys. Oh no, listen, I I 1000% agree. Like I know I know that I would thrive, which is why I'm I'm there for it. Like I I you know, I, I think you would, too. I don't got to worry about you. Know, you guys are the least of my concerns. You see what goes down in my Twitter mentions? Like, I'm not worried about you slaps at all. <laughs> oh, you're cute. Little Twitter mentions, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Bussing with the Boys podcast. Not currently taping, for those of you curious. Uh, the the a- episodes are backlogged while the boys are in season. So you can still get Thank good you. episodes like a two-hour episode with Eddie George that I thought was really, really good. Not because you were any good. Not because you were any good. Oh, oh dang. Not because you were any good. I think Eddie George is spectacular. And I, think that, uh, and I think that he carried your ass for the better part of two hours. But it was a great podcast. Um, That's crazy, man. The slander is crazy. It's not slander. It's truth. I'm just speaking to you from a critical perspective. I'm giving you coach. I'm coaching you up. You can be better. Under, under, no, listen, you're not coaching me up. Number one, you're taking a chance to jab at me. I respect it, but you're not coaching me. If you were to give me coaching points, if we're watching the tape right now on that episode, what are you, what are you actually coaching me on? What I, would, what I would say to you is that no – and it, it's going to sound weird um, because I loved it. I loved I, – I really do think that you, could, uh, you did a good job on it. I think that Eddie's a great guest to have long form. What I'll say to you is nobody gives a shit about two hours of anybody unless you're Bill Simmons. Like, people just don't. It's, it's really hard. It's really, really hard. Like, I, I have to check myself on that from time to time. Uh, it's the thing that we fall into all the time as people who create content. Nobody gives a shit about anybody for two hours. It's just, it's just the nature of the business. Yeah. Like, listen, attention spans are this short. You know, you're the, the entire barstool army you're, has the attention exactly. span of small. You are rooms. correct. <laughs> you are, you, you are correct. I think you know um, the data. The data will tell us the truth, and so I'll get back to you on that because you can look at you can look at the YouTube data. You can see how much time has been oh, watched. Sure. You can see all that good stuff. I think the Eddie George one, people would watch that because, number one, it's Eddie. Um, but I think you'd be surprised, Buck. We had a long one with Darren Waller. Did you listen to that one? I did. I thought that was a great one. Listen, I, you, guys, you guys have the opportunity to do something really, really cool. Um, and, I've, you know, I've told you this before. And not the, you know, not the, I guess I should give you some kind of compliment if you're going to take the time on roster cut data. To hang out on the podcast. Yeah, not only Roscoe Day, but I'm all the way up to the time to where you can tell me I'm safe. Like that, you know. Hey, come on now. You no, I said. I said thank you. I said thank you. Like, well, don't give me this backhanded like, <laughs> this 
Vrabel face that looks at, you know. That's not a Vrabel face. Listen, I've got, I've had, this is, the eyebrow is genetic, although Mike's really good at it. I, that's, I think, the thing I miss most about the in-person press conferences, like the. I know, the, right? The cocking of the eyebrow. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. But anyway, no, you guys, uh, and I, I told you this when I came on the bus um, for to tape one of these, and I, I've told you this before, like, you guys don't need us media-wise in the way that people used to need reporters. Like, everybody's got a Twitter handle. Everybody's got a phone. Everybody's got an Instagram account. Like, it's no longer the go-between for athletes to be able to utilize the platform that the media provides. I Honestly, I think that's – I think there's good and bad to that. I understand that it makes me less – valuable uh but uh, as long as Stephen A. Smith is out out here getting bags like I feel pretty good about where my market is trending um but I also think that like I can't talk to Derrick Henry about life the way that you and Taylor can talk to Derrick Henry I'm never going to be able to do that because Derrick doesn't know me like that I haven't gone through life experiences like you guys have with Derek or Darren Waller. And, and I know Derek, Darren Waller is, has talked to to the publicly about substance abuse and how the, the trajectory of his career has been all over the place. I mean, that's one of the craziest stories. And, you know, no, Dude, no, no free shout outs, but if you have not heard that episode, right. rate, review, and subscribe to Bustin' with the Boys, wherever it is, wherever it is go, podcast. Listen, I, I, I know how to, it's okay. It's okay. Let me do my job. Uh, all I'm saying is, like, those are the conversations that people want to hear. Like, human conversations. Not this crap that we're getting on Zoom. I hate, I hate this year because I can't be in a locker room and I can't talk to people. Like, I am yeah, so – I'm so – I you know, people are asking – people want to know about Vic Beasley. And, again, I'm not going to ask you to not, – not going to ask you to make a comment one way or the other on any of that. But people are asking you about, like, Vic Beasley or, like, these undrafted rookie free agents – or new, just new players on the team, things that are going on. And I feel like I'm completely unprepared for the, the job of covering this team because I can't talk to anybody the way that I used to be able to. Uh, I don't know these yeah, people at all. I have such a, such a glaring blind spot in my, in my knowledge base, I feel like, this year that I don't know, I don't know how, we, how we get through it. I don't know. Yeah, because, uh, you know, we're – reporters can or media media members can kind of set themselves apart or they become this or they become like you know trusted and credibility and all that is you Am can I build you consider me to be either of those things trusted and credible <laughs> to an extent you know what i mean <laughs> to an extent um because you know you you know this like you be in the locker room and you're building these relationships even when you're not sitting there recording them and doing an interview with them you're 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 talking to them you're talking through situations with them you're talking you're just kind of building a rapport with them and when you don't get that and it's all it's all set to zoom in certain time periods and no lingering no like side convos like i yeah i'm sure that shit is tough because you do it's like you know what all do you get ready for prepare for or get a beat or like get a get a gut instinct on something without actually being around an environment that can give you a gut instinct on something. Yeah. But a larger point, like to the podcast, it's, it's a place where those guys can be open and be comfortable and talk to the, talk to, you know, to an audience that wants to know about moments like AJ Brown getting in Taylor's ass on penalties in a way that was very, very public to all of us 
to be able to watch. And for us in the press box and the television broadcast, I think caught it in the Chiefs game. And it's not the first time that it's happened. But like AJ is not going to is not going to talk to his teammate or not going to talk to us the way that he was talked to his teammates. That I think right. is what the bus represents more than anything. Um, and I think that you know, you guys, maybe you guys could do a little better job asking tougher questions of people that, you know, but that's, you know, that's selfish media guy. I want the, I want the headline. For sure. For sure. There is a, um, there is a balance because like when you say asking tough questions, it's like, are we asking tough questions to be in a situation where you're creating a headline? Because if you want to be for the boys, we got to exemplify what being for the boys is about. So you're, you know, you're not trying to get anybody backed into a corner or having like, some tough question to put anybody like on ice or on some hot seat. Uh, who do you, you know what who, I'm saying? You know, I get it. Um, I hate it because I, you know, I want it. I want information. It's my job to have information. And so like, I'm listening to those things from a different perspective. I don't think, you know, I don't think Titans fans care about the kind of uh, care about it the way that I care about stuff like that. But I think that it right. provides important context so that there's a more, a more well-rounded, uh, more well-rounded version of the story that exists from both sides. Uh, but you right. know, I, I get, I get that the conflict that it creates. Who do you, who do you like? Who do you pay attention to interview-wise? Like, who do, do you just kind of do? How do you prepare for an interview? Are you watching anybody in particular? Like, is it? Are you listening to Joe Rogan and trying to take things from him? I listen. You're, fr you're I listen free to, to say Joe. me. I think I'm pretty good. You're free to say me. I think I've got some pretty admirable traits as an interviewer. You do a good job staying on subject. You do, uh, like, when I went on a couple little TED Talks on this podcast already, you've done a great job putting it back on the <laughs> circling back around to what we were actually talking about in the first place. You do. You do You do do a great job. Uh, listen, I'll compliment you. I don't got to sit here and be like, oh, I've told you, you know, blah, 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 blah. I give the old eyebrow. Um, but I listen to Joe Rogan. Um, who else do I listen to? I would say mostly Joe when it comes to having an interview format, um, just listening in the subtle things to where understanding that people are interested in hearing the guests talk a lot and understanding their story and not everything needs to be something that's coming out of my mouth. So getting them to, you know, getting them to elaborate more, you know, the whole thing with like, there's even like negotiating skills when somebody's like saying something and you just mirror them and say their last few words to be like, you know, you know, what do you mean by help them flesh you know, out a point? Right, 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 right. Like they say a sentence and you say the last few words of that sentence just to get them to elaborate more going more in depth in that sentence. So there's like little things I try to pick up on. Sometimes I can't help myself. I just talk. Um, you know, I get a lot of good work with Taylor as well because Taylor enjoys the mic. Uh, so tr being in the way where I'm sitting, to where I'm sitting there and then understanding what we were talking about and keeping that stuff in my head, I think. And a lot of it's just experience. I think you you probably agree that a lot of it, you just had to get out there and do it and like hear yourself be trash and shitty and then understand how you need to work on certain things or do not you listen, talk so much. Or Do you listen back? I can't listen back. It makes me crazy. No, I, I, no, I don't at all. Um, I don't at all. But to prepare, I, I mean, I – probably what everybody else does like you know search searching the stories of of guests and any interviews that they've done that they might have elaborated a lot of stuff on but there might be a question that i was sitting there wanting as a, as a fan or as somebody listening 
um, and then asking, getting in more more in depth of a of a question like that, and then getting people to kind of talk about their mental their mental approach to all of it. Like how you say you're fascinated with the psychology, like understanding where somebody's heads at when these decisions are when these stories are happening. Um, but that's 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 how that's how I prepare. I'm sure I have a long way to go in in Buck's in, in Buck's mind. Yeah. No, you could. Yeah. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, yeah, man." Was <laughs> no? Uh, watch the tape and improve. Watch the tape and no. I yeah, check the tape, man. You got to check the tape. Honestly, I think I think it's I think it's stupid for people like me to be giving any kind of advice. Like I think it's just such a personal thing, and I don't. I'm not going to keep you much longer because uh, transactions are literally about to pop into my uh, pop into my inbox, and then all of these things. Work to do. I listen. My my next my last. Uh, I don't have a day off until February at this point or until you guys uh, get bounced from the postseason. should you make it at this point. Uh, so my, my life officially becomes hell in a way that is just, I love it. It's sadistic. Football season is the best. Um, it is. But, you know, I think that, I think that you're right. It's just repetition. It's just trying to, trying to figure out like who you can take stuff from and how that like works in with your personality in a way. Correct. Yeah, it's just it's it's like anything in life. It's just rap. Because you like, don't you don't I want can't. to get too commercialized. You know what I mean? It's not like I want no. to get to where I'm an insanely good interviewer because that's not what I'm trying to. That's not what we're trying to necessarily do. Because you want the dynamic of like locker room talk and and you know some entertainment and just our personalities to where you can't just get like all right, here's the background I'm in. We want to be like we have to answer these questions. Sometimes you just gotta let the conversations go wherever they go. Uh, who? Are, who can we plug that you have coming up on the podcast? Because by the time this airs, people will know who's on the Monday edition of Bustin' with the Boys. Well, um, we have Kyle Rudolph coming up, who's going to be ahead of us playing the Vikings. You have uh, Brad Kern coming up. He was a great one. We had a we had a curse jar, a cursing jar on that one. So anytime you curse, you had to put money in it. Another he would say, lifted from as, me. As, as, yeah, as you know. Um, his kids, he's like, hey, my kids are going to want to watch this. They like to watch everything dad does, blah, blah, blah. So we got to have a curse. We got, you know, a swear jar. Um, we did him. We have um, a lot of Spooktober. We're, we got a Spooktober episode dropping. All what is this obsession with Halloween? It's just, you know, Halloween is a great time of year. The month, it's like, okay, the uh, weather's transitioning a lot. You're very in the football season, but you know, pumpkin spice lattes start coming out. You got Halloween, you got themes. The leaves are changing colors. It's getting a little cooler outside. It's getting a little spookier outside. It gets dark sooner. And there's this, the fascination with Halloween is just that, hey, we're coming up on a huge holiday season. And, you know, you have like, what, 4th of July was our last holiday. You got Labor Day coming up. Not really like a, a celebratory, like, you know, big, loud holiday. Um, so you need something to break it up. And the way we break it up is by making Halloween on a holiday throughout the entire month of October. So, which we refer to as Spooktober. You got to, you, here's how you embrace the spook. You watch a, a spook every day. So whether it's a TV show or scary mo- or, or Halloween themed movie, whether it be scary, a Charlie Brown, it can be light Halloween town, doesn't matter, but you got to watch a spook every day. Um, you got to decorate your place. You have to refer to October as Spooktober. Um, what other rules do we have? We're solid. We, we, that's what I'm saying. Like, we like baseball's set. unwritten we rules. This is like there's a that's whole what I'm saying. This. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Oh, and every weekend you got to go to a spook. So whether it be 
uh, a haunted house, which publicly I'm sure that haunted houses are going to be shut down. So one thing that we're going to try to be doing is, hey, one of us, whether it's me, Taylor, somebody else, whoever's joining us, every Friday we would always go to, and I we got to do this last year since I was on the couch until the end of October. But every Friday you go out to eat and then you go to a haunted house. So every weekend you got to go to a spoon, whether you're going to a pumpkin patch, uh, a haunted house, a spooky area. Maybe since haunted houses are shut down, you look up haunted areas in Tennessee or wherever you're from and you go visit them because you're embracing the spook. That's how you embrace Spooktober. It's a month-long holiday, dude. And then it gears you up for uh, Thanksgiving. Then, which gears you up for Christmas, New Year's. It's just, it's just great, man. It's a great time of year because football season is in full effect. Anyway, Will Compton, busting with the boys, Titans linebacker. Congratulations, congratulations <laughs> for sticking around, for defying the odds, <laughs> all of these things. Uh, the great white hope. Now, uh, now I'm actively rooting for you to foul up at some point, so I can. Uh, so I can not, make... You are, you are, but not too bad. Like you're, you're rooting. Oh no, rooting not in a way, way that like you're rooting for the boy, though. I know you are, Buck. Well, listen. The only thing that would have made the only thing that would have made the 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 only thing that would have made it better walking into the locker room is seeing you guys just sitting there in your little sitting there in your little pod, just waiting, just waiting for people to come in and interview. Oh, seeing yeah. your face and actually doing an interview instead of the Zoom would have made it that much better, Buck. <laughs> well you know maybe uh maybe well i don't know what the hell it's not going to be in 2020 there's no no point in wanting things that aren't going to happen anyway rate review and subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcast five stars and all of those good things number 53 on the field number one in your heart will compton uh titans linebacker kind enough to give us some time on the 615 sessions podcast thanks buddy Appreciate you, Buck. Shout out to the boys. All right, time for five good minutes on expectations for the Tennessee Titans now that we are officially in week one and why the hell the Indianapolis Colts are still the betting favorite in Vegas. But before we do that, I'm going to tell you about the people who present our Zoom and phone lines. That's our friends at GetBeast.com. At Beast Brands, they create personal care and grooming products for Beast's of all kinds. All-in-one, Tame the Beast body washes, shampoos, conditioners, soaps, lotions, shaving supplies that feature arousing scents and energizing properties are all produced in the United States of America with globally sourced ingredients. Their stimulating scents are derived from all-natural, intense botanicals you can feel. Good stuff from the earth like eucalyptus, ginseng, guarana, green tea, pomegranate, bok chuol, and Moringa. I want to make sure that I got all of those things right. They're earth-friendly. You can check out their reusable, infinitely recyclable beast bottle and smell-coming scents packed with sustainably sourced ingredients, intimacy-positive, and celebrate all beasts. Whatever skin you're in, their products aim to make you feel happier there. Check them out at getbeast.com. Okay, five good minutes on this Tuesday about... Expectations. I mean, it is time. It's actually time. It's actually time for there to be expectations for a Tennessee Titans team. Here's the frame of context or the frame of reference that I look at this through. All right, last five years, all I have known since coming to Nashville is one really, really terrible Titans team in 2015, the one that Cam Newton dabbed on, the one that ultimately 
garnered them the first overall pick in that draft that they traded away and turned into Jack Conklin and Derrick Henry and a couple of other guys, notably Kevin Dodd, but that's that's an issue for another day, or perhaps not another day. Perhaps that's an issue that's been discussed ad nauseum and we never have to talk about Kevin Dodd again. But each of the years that I have been here, there has been an incremental shift for the better in the Tennessee Titans. I have known four consecutive winning seasons for this particular NFL franchise outside of that one at the very start. That discounts everything that came before I arrived here in Nashville. What I have seen, though, is progress in a way that was unfathomable to me when I first got here. I hated to watch the Tennessee Titans play. They made Sundays unenjoyable. There were times at last season, I I told you guys in Denver, after they got shut out, sometimes they flat out ruined my work days in a way because the football was unwatchable. Because Marcus Mariota, who, by the way, was put on IR Monday by the Oakland Raiders and will miss at least three weeks with a pec strain. Just, I mean, that guy. Time after time after time with the injuries. Anyway, again, a topic for another day. What I have seen, the incremental growth and the incremental progress in this franchise that now finds us heading into 2020 with legitimate Super Bowl expectations, right? They're, They're the team now that's the one piece away and they got the one piece so why that shouldn't be why shouldn't they be in the running and all of these things are very very real and it's why I say to them go out and win the damn thing go out and win the division start there start with home playoff games go out and show to me that you are a team worthy of competing for guys like Jadavion Clowney with the Baltimore Ravens and the New Orleans Saints Go out and show to me that you are capable of beating the teams that you are supposed to beat on a regular basis, like the godforsaken Buffalo Bills that tried over the at least the last two times that I've seen them play the Bills, tried to give you every opportunity they could to beat them, and you were still unable to do so. Show us, show the world, show the fan base, show the collective NFL cognoscenti that you are deserving of the expectations that have now been placed upon your shoulders. I think they're capable. I truly do believe in the Tennessee Titans in the year 2020 in a way, maybe I did last year because they did the right things in free agency with Humphreys and Saffold and and Cam Wake. You know, you can uh, flip a coin on that one if he'd have stayed healthy. It doesn't matter because he didn't. All of those things ultimately led them to an AFC title game appearance. It was a loss and that's fine, but now... They grow from where they have been, and they find themselves in a position to make a run at this thing again. And the Indianapolis Colts, for whatever reason, according to William Hill, one of the biggest books out there in Las Vegas, still the betting favorite at plus 120. The Titans plus 150, the Texans plus 340, the Jags, the lowly Jags, at plus 2,000, according to William Hill. What I can't figure out is how the hell Vegas justifies Philip Rivers, Jonathan Taylor, and DeForest Buckner as being greater than what you saw out of the Tennessee Titans in 2019. Now, maybe you make the argument, okay, they got Darius Leonard. They have a really, really fantastic offensive line. They have a veteran quarterback, who is, which, which has kind of been the thing that's held them back without Andrew Luck. You couldn't beat anybody with Jacoby Brissett. You could get close, but you couldn't do it, as is the case with most backup quarterback situations. 
but at least they are closer. At least there are expectations. But I'm tired of at least with this team. I'm tired of, oh, well, they were close. Or, well, maybe they maybe next year. Or maybe we'll get the next free agent. Uh, if, it was, if it wasn't Ndamukong Sue, now they've landed Jadavion Clowney. They're checking these boxes off as they go. But the time is now for them to realize these expectations. Good to great is no longer the thing. I thought it was an anchor around their neck last year, and they ended up justifying the phrase that they slapped across all of their branding. Now it is time to go from great to superior, from great to dominant, from great to expected, because this is now the air that the Tennessee Titans, in the year of our Lord and the year of the Rona 2020, this is where we find ourselves. The Tennessee Titans, they aren't sneaking up on anybody, and I expect them to do so with the force that I know that they're capable of. And that's five good minutes here on this Tuesday to put a bow on what has been an exceptionally fun podcast. Make sure that you are rating, reviewing, and subscribing with five-star reviews in the Apple iTunes review mailbag. You leave five stars with a question, a comment, a concern. We read them every Thursday for your amusal in the iTunes review mailbag. we got a bunch of fun conversations coming up. Teron Davenport, Paul Kaharski, Joe Rexroad, a meeting of the Titans media minds to preview week one against Denver and to discuss all the matchups that we will see over the course of week one. That's coming your way on Thursday's edition of the 615 Sessions podcast. Make sure you support the people that support this show. That is, of course, Two Rivers Ford and Tame the Beast at GetBeast.com. Shouts to them for making this program possible. As always, I hope you guys enjoy the ramp up to week one. We've got a bunch of great content coming toward towards you in your direction, towards you in your direction, all different sides. You're going to be smothered in it from all angles. Complete and total Tennessee Titans coverage. And as we get closer to college football season, the Tennessee Vols as well. The ramp up is over. The time is now. Make sure that you're keeping up to date with all things by following A to Z Sports. I will see you guys, or talk to you guys, on Thursday. And in the meantime, of course, I need you to stay safe, stay clean, and stay hot, Nashville. This has been the 615 Sessions podcast, powered by Two Rivers Ford. Brought to you, as always, by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com.